Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. My purpose is greater than my battle. Sorry? <laughs> you know, we're in a war, we're in a battle. I praise God every day that we are on the side of victory. Every day I praise God and know where I'm going to spend my eternity. I praise God that it will work out in the end. doesn't matter what battle I'm going through or what battle I'm facing, the war is won and I'm on the side of victory. And as followers of Christ, you are too. The battle may come, but the victory has been won. Amen. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, stay alert. What does it say? Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's, let me tell you, he's out to get you. He wants to rob you of your peace and your joy and your contentment. He wants to steal your joy. He will do whatever he can to rob you of everything that God has for you. Not only is, that, is he out to destroy you, he is out to destroy the church. That's his role in life. He wants to destroy you and me so that we're no longer soldiers of Christ. He wants to dismantle the church that Jesus is building. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The enemy has already lost. The victory has already been won. The church is being built and there is nothing that will stop or get in the way of the work of Jesus. Amen. We're in a war, we're in a battle, but thankfully the victory has won. The victory has been won. You know, it doesn't mean even though the victory has been won that we will still fight battles. Living this life, we will face battles, we will face challenges, we will face difficult times. You know, the battle is that the, the enemy, he will want to come and he will want to steal your inner joy and your peace and your contentment. And let me tell you, it's a battle to try and stay in that place of joy and peace and contentment. Is anybody with me? I find that a battle. He wants for you and I to live a life of discontentment so that our ability to lead others to Christ will be impaired. See, my purpose is greater than my battle. He will want to use your battle. He will want to use my battle to impair us, to stop us from going where Christ is calling us to go. Have you ever been in that place where it feels like all hell has broken out? Have you, has anybody been in that place? Can I have a show of hands? Have you ever been in that place where it just feels like everything has gone wrong, that all hell has broken loose? Have you ever been there? Let me tell you, the last few weeks, Helen and I, it's like all hell has broken out. It all began three weeks ago, I think it was. I can't even remember now. But I stood up here and Helen thought I was on drugs when I was preaching because I was on some painkillers. I was apparently I was very relaxed. I thought I was just having a good time. I don't know what, what the sermon was like, but I don't know. I had a good time. But it's like, you know, all hell has broken out. I got the call from, from my sister in Melbourne to say that my 90-year-old dad, who steadfastly to date has refused to go into hospital 
uh, sorry, to go into a retirement village because he wants to remain independent and stay in his own home. And God, good on him for that because he was brought up where you're not to be a problem to other people. And he wanted to look after himself. He certainly wanted his family to look after him as well. But he really fought against going into a home. And we've been praying about it and say, God, change his heart because we're, we're concerned for his safety. We're concerned for his well-being. And we, we were suspected, we weren't entirely sure, but we were suspected that he was, wasn't quite telling the truth when it came to what was actually happening when he was living at home. <laughs> Does any, anybody relate to that with their parents? And we knew of three falls that he had before I had that fall, before I went down to Melbourne to see him because he had a major fall and he fractured his pelvis and he was in a lot of pain and he had to go back into hospital. And when he, um, when we, when we finally got there and we started talking to him, it turned out that he was actually having a lot more falls. So the need for him to get into a home was critical, but he was still saying, "No, I don't want to go into a home." I want to stay in the home where I brought my family up. I want to stay in the home where I can remember my beautiful wife. I want to stay in the home where things are familiar. I want to stay independent. I do not want to go into a home. But me and my sisters and brothers have been praying, say, God, change his heart. Well, this is just an amazing miracle, let me tell you. We started looking into nursing homes, even though he didn't want to go into a home, and the doctors told him that he had to go into a home. Now, I don't know if you can remember, but I shared with you when my mother was going into a nursing home that she found, we found, were able to get her into this nursing home that was just down the road. And let me tell you, it was like a resort. It's a beautiful nursing home. Mum was so well treated. She had a beautiful room. The sun would come in through the north window. Like in Melbourne, you need the sun coming in through the north window to keep you warm. And she'd love sitting there with the sun coming through the north window. Anyway... My sister started to look for a nursing home. So they went to Ferndale where my mum was. And they said, do you have any rooms available at the moment? And they said, yeah, we've got one room. And, you know, who knows how hard it is to get your parents into a nursing home or how hard it can be. Not many spaces. And sometimes you have to compromise. You think, well, I'm going to have to put mum or dad in there, but I don't really want to put them in there. It's not ideal. Well, we feel so blessed and we feel like our prayers have been answered because that one room that was available, guess which room it's avail- that it was? It's mum's room. So dad goes, yeah, I'll go because it's where mum was and there was that connection. So our God is good. See, you know, no matter, no, no matter what, our purpose is greater than our battle. Our purpose is to pray for those that we love and care for so that God can make a way even though they don't know the way. Our purpose is greater than our battle. Then, of course, we know that last Sunday, when I was down cleaning out that, was it last Sunday? Yes, I wasn't here last Sunday, was I? No. I was in Melbourne, and I was going through the house where mum and dad had lived since 1975, and we were going through stuff and cleaning everything out, and I was concentrating on that, and I get a call to say that, Helen's mum had had a, they couldn't get hold of her. They weren't sure what was going on. Nobody could contact her. And then, of course, later on we found out that she'd had a, a major stroke on the Sunday. And then, of course, she passed away Wednesday night. I was really hoping to get there and be able to say my goodbyes to her. But unfortunately, she passed away half an hour before I arrived. You know, let me tell you, for Helen and I, it's like we're in a battle at the moment. And, and you know me well enough that 
I believe we should be real. That I don't stand here as the senior pastor or the lead pastor and, sta- and, and say to you that I've got it all together and everything is okay and even when we face disasters and catastrophes and things go wrong in our life that I've got it perfectly together and it doesn't affect me. Let me tell you, it affects me. I've, I, find, I found my place, myself in that place of confusion and disappointment. I found my place, myself in that place of losing joy and losing my contentment. I was, I was calling out to God, God, I don't understand. Why are you doing this? Juju was 80 years old. She'd only just turned 80. Her mother lived to 93. I had in my mind that I was going to be able to enjoy at least the next five years of going down to Brisbane and talking to her about the garden and having great conversations with her and sharing some life with her. And then, and as Helen shared this morning, this woman that was so serving, she served other people. That's what her purpose was. She understood her purpose. It was to love and care and serve other people. Even though she went to an Anglican church and she probably did things a little bit differently to us, she still is a follower of Christ. And I thank God that today she's in heaven and she's celebrating. There's a party going on in heaven this week. There's a party going on. She's catching up with Helen's first husband that died at 30. She's saying, how you going? Neil, great to see you. She's catching up with Helen's dad that died in 1974. She said, I'm so glad to see you again. See, even though we may face battles, the victory's been won. The victory's been And I found myself in this place of questioning God, saying, why has this happened? I don't understand. I'm confused. Why would you take her home? The street needs her. In my mind, I had it worked out. Naturally, I thought my dad would go first. He's nearly 91. And, and Juju's mum lived till she was 93. And I was looking forward to spending some more time with her. And then we get the news to say that she had this massive stroke. And, you know, the grieving that I've been going through has been It's been really difficult and strange and different to the grieving that I went through with my own mother. Perhaps it's because I still haven't got over the death of my own mum. I'm not sure. But I found myself crying and I found myself hurting and I found myself disappointed that why, God, why would you take Juju? At this time, she's only 80. She's got more life ahead of her. She's helping so many people. I don't understand. Why is this happening? then God reminded me that my purpose is greater than my battle. You know, last couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, I can't remember, heads all over the place. I was talking about how Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, we're in a war and the devil is out to get us. He wants to stop Jesus from building his church. And, you know, Jesus uses you and me to build his church. And he knows that if he can take us out, then he's getting his way in our lives. He will use confusion, disappointment and uncertainty as weapons to take us out, to take us down, to fatally wound us so that we'll become bitter and angry at God. He'll want us to blame God for all the bad things that go on in life. His goal is to take us out. His goal is to take us out of the church so that we can no longer be part of God's army. He wants for you and I to lose our faith He wants us to be in that place of questioning God, to retreat. He wants us to lose ground that we've taken. 
He wants us to lose our effectiveness in being a soldier for Christ. He wants us to be living in that place of discontentment. He wants us to be living in that place of anger and resentment and regret. That's where he wants us to live. He doesn't want to live us in that place where we understand that our purpose is much greater than our battle. He desperately, desperately wants when we face our battles for you and I to stop fighting. He wants us to put up the white flag and say, no, I can't do this anymore. I've had enough. I can't cope. I'm out of here. I don't want to be part of this anymore. He desperately wants us to stop fighting because he knows that victory rests with those who lead and those who fight. Victory rests in war with those that will lead and those that will fight. That's a quote from Phil Pringle's book, Leadership Excellence. As with any war, victory rests with those who lead and those who fight. Jesus announces that he will build his church and he will build it on those who have insight into who he is and who they themselves are. We're in a war. He's out to get us. He loves it when we let circumstances overtake us. He wants us to lose faith. He wants us to to be confused and disappointed. And let me make this point. I'm not saying that, you know, like when we're going through, when hell breaks out, that we fall apart and we say, oh, we lose all hope. No, I'm not saying that. But people do need to see us as being real and authentic. People need to see that when we face the same struggles that they face, they need to see our faith at work. They need to see that we're not perfect, that we don't have it all together. That when we face disappointment, sorry, when we face tragedy, we're disappointed and that we can be confused. But see, faith is simply trusting God when even when we don't understand. I don't understand you, God, but I'm still going to trust you. I don't understand why you did what happened, why you let Juju go. But I'm still going to trust you, God. I'm still going to trust that you're the God that's in in control of the calendar. You're the one that decides when we come into this world and you're the one that that decides when we come out of this world. I'm going to continue to trust you, God, even when I am confused, even when I don't understand, even when I'm disappointed. I'm still going to trust you. We're his soldiers. We're the ones on the move. We're the ones taking ground when faced with tragedy. We're the ones that are on track. We're the ones advancing into enemy territory. We're the ones that going into the workplace and into the shops and into schools and home and the neighborhood. We're the ones going out there and saying, my purpose is much greater than my battle. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. When Jesus declared that he would build his church, part of his plan to build his church included you and me, his soldiers, to help build it. He's looking for people who understand who he is and the power he has, and he's looking for those who will know who they are as his soldiers. Not shoulders, soldiers. Oh, wrong side. I'm I'm not on any painkillers this morning, so I've got no excuse. 1 Peter 4.1, the Passion Translation says this, Since Christ, through innocence, suffered in his flesh for you, 
What did he do? But how did he suffer? In his flesh. And he was innocent. Since Christ through innocence suffered in his flesh for you, now you also must be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset. For whoever, for whoever has died in his body is done with sin. You know, being a follower of Christ will mean that we will face difficult times. After all, as I said earlier, we're in a battle and the de- enemy is out to kill and destroy you and me. You know, at times it can be like all hell has broken out. It can be like we're attacked from every angle, from behind, from above, from below, from the left to the right. But we need to understand and accept that this is just part of the Christian life. We need to know that we're in a war and that we are soldiers for Christ and that battle has already, sorry, the victory has already been won. 2 Timothy 2, 3 to 4 says, endure suffering along with me. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, thanks, Paul, for writing that. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in affairs of the civilian life and they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. How often do we get tied up in worldly events and what's going on around us and we actually lose focus and we lose and we get detracted from the purpose that we have, from the call of God that we have on our lives. This is one of the greatest weapons that the enemy will use. He will use, he will, he will, talk, he will want us to get all caught up in what's wrong and what's right and how this should be different and how that should be changed and this should be changed and this should be... Let us just simply be the change. Let's not get caught up in all of that. Let's not get distracted in all of that. Let's go back to what our purpose and our cause is. You know, we know one thing for sure, as with any war, there are plenty of soldiers that continue to fight the enemy, even though they were injured or suffering in some way. In fact, the fact that that we may be suffering or even carrying some sort of injury does not change the fact that we are still still soldiers for Christ. Our purpose is to tell others. Do you, want to, do you want to know as a Christian, it's a really simple thing, what your purpose is as a Christian. Do you want to know what your purpose is as a Christian? Anybody would like to know that this morning? Or would you like to be reminded of that? What your purpose is this morning? What my purpose is this morning? It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. Thank God it's not rocket science because I'm not the smartest human being going around. Let me just ask Helen. I bought myself a new clock. (laughs) You know my clock story? Can anybody remember my clock story? You know, my mum and dad had this beautiful, it's called a 40-day anniversary clock. It's a little coach-like clock. And it's got the little, I don't know what you call them, but they swing around underneath. It's pendulum. And it swivels like that. And when when I was down in Melbourne a couple of years ago, when my mum died and, and dad gave it to me, this clock, it used to sit on the mantelpiece. Now, in, in North Queensland, you don't know what a mantelpiece is, do you? Does anybody know what a mantelpiece is? No. So a mantelp- So in Melbourne, you need fires. Well, you don't need fires in your home, but you need to heat your home. Most of the time, you need to heat your home. And, and what this clock did for me, it reminded me of my childhood. It reminded me of being 
three or four or five or however old I was, it reminded me of being in that place of not worrying. Not worrying about clothes or food or shelter because I knew my mum and dad would provide for that. It reminded me of being in a, in a really nice warm bath, probably with my brother and mum there washing us, playing with some toys and it was freezing cold outside, but I was in this nice warm bath. But then I'd have to run from the bath to the lounge because that was the only house, uh, only room in the house that was heated. And I'd have to run to the heater naked. Little Johnny, four or five, running naked through the house to the heater. And there mum would be with her towel to dry me. Yeah, I know. And then on, I'd look up. Sorry, you get, you're trying to get people off that naked John look, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and there my mum would be drying me and I'd be looking up and I'd watch this clock. It'd go like that. Anyway, Dad gave it to me and, um, and uh, I played around with it. And, I, and we paid $300 to get it fixed. Can you imagine that? But that's how important, I, that was a symbolic of my childhood. And I, I wanted that as a reminder of my mum and my dad and provision and good times and not worrying and st- not stressing about anything. You know, isn't that our God? Isn't that a true picture of our Father God? Isn't that how he wants us to live? That even when we're cold, he's, he's drying us, he's got us in front of the heater. Everything, well, the world is wonderful. We know that dinner's going to be on the table. We know that we're going to have clothes on our back. We know that we don't have to worry about the bills being paid. That's our God. And this clock would remind me of that anyway. We paid $300 to get it fixed and it came home and it wouldn't keep time. Now, I'm task orientated. I like to fix things, even if I don't know much about it. And Helen's going, no, John. Don't touch it. It's working, but it's not keeping the right time. I was losing one minute an hour. Do you think I could cope with that? Anybody out here with me? You know, the cushion's not quite right. The, 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 wall, the, the, painting, the, the painting on the wall's not straight. The cushion's not in the right place. You know, it was going, but I was two o'clock in the morning. I've could, I could, I, I got to get up and go and see if it's, if, if it's working okay and ch- check that it's still... It's true. true. It's true. Can you, can you, this is your pastor, I'm sorry, I don't have it all together, I'm a bit psychotic sometimes. I don't know why I'm telling you all of this, but anyway, (laughs) got nothing to do with my sermon. But anyway, like, we spent $300, and then so I started to play with it. I just should have left it alone. Guess what I did? I broke it. So about three or four weeks ago, as I'm feeling the pain of dad falling, not being there. I was reminded about the clock on eBay. I was looking on eBay and I saw this clock exactly the same in America. I'm going to buy that. It was only $58 American. And then by the time I had to pay tax and by the time I bidded on it, and by the time we got it home, it was nearly $300. (laughs) Well, guess what? It's sitting there and it's looking beautiful. It's in, in much better condition than my original one. And I love looking at it. But guess what? It's not keeping time. <laughs> ah! My purpose is greater than my battle. And Helen said, Helen's words to me last night as I walked into the bedroom. 
don't you dare touch that clock. Your purpose is greater than... No, she didn't say that. The fact that we're suffering or carrying some sort of injury does not disqualify us from being soldiers for Christ. My purpose, your purpose. What do you reckon that is? We're back to purpose. Is that okay? We're nearly there. I don't know how long I've been going for. The clock's not up there, so I can keep going for as long as I like. Pam, you should have turned it on. Our purpose is simple. It's to tell other people about the wonderful grace of God. Acts twenty twenty four. This is Paul. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the finish unless I use it for the finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. My purpose is to tell other people about the wonderful grace of God. Nothing else mattered to Paul. He said, my, work, my life is worth nothing unless I can tell other people about the wonderful grace of God. My purpose, your purpose, is to preach the good news. And I'm not going to let suffering, I'm not going to let the battles that I'm facing stop me from my purpose of telling other people about the good news, about the wonderful grace of God. See, Jesus tells us that there's so much more to life than just meeting our physical needs. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you eat or drink or what about your body or what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Yet how often do we go chasing after things of this world? Materialistic things that have absolutely no eternal consequence at all. They mean nothing about going to heaven and what the rewards that you'll receive in heaven. Life is so much more. Jesus is saying there's so much more than eating and drinking what you wear. There's so much more than satisfying our physical needs. Life is about finding your true meaning and your true purpose. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I here? Does my life have any meaning aside from God? People go looking for meaning and purpose in all sorts of places. They might go looking for a a purpose in their career. Others might look for uh, meaning through relationships, while others might look to fame and fortune fortune to give their life meaning. You know, I have been in that dark place where I have honestly believed that my life had no meaning and no purpose. But I want to tell you, church, if that's you this morning, if you've ever been in that place or if you're in that place right now where you're going, I don't have any meaning. I don't have any purpose. I'm useless. I'm worthless. I don't have anything to offer this world. I'm telling you this morning, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Your purpose is to tell other people about the wonderful grace of God. There have been times, you know, when I've complained to God. Anybody else here complain to God? I read David, the Psalms. He certainly complained to God, and I know there were plenty others. I tell God, I'm growing weary and I'm tired of fighting battles that come with being a soldier for Christ. I'm not sure I have the strength to continue the fight. And listen to the answer I get back from God every time. John, I love you. You're a soldier for me. Keep going. Don't give in. Ask me and I'll give you the strength to keep fighting. 
I have chosen you because I know that you will never surrender, that you will fight the good fight and you will keep fighting until victory is achieved. The strength of a good soldier shines when he continues to declare, I will never surrender while others give up and surrender. The strength of a good soldier shines when he continues to declare, I will never surrender while others give up and surrender. Turn to your neighbor and say, I will never surrender. I will never surrender. I will never surrender. The strength of a good soldier shines when he continues to declare, I will never surrender while others give up and surrender. That's a quote out of um, Phil Pringle's book, Excellence in Leadership. Joshua 1, 6-7. Be strong and courageous because you will lead, peop- lead these people to inherit the land I have sworn to their ancestors and to give to them. Now, t- I'm going to take this out of context because obviously that's the Old Testament and it's talking about the land as in the physical land that they're going to get. But I believe today, as New Covenant believers, and our purpose is to lead people to inherit the land that God has for them. To inherit the life that God has for them. Is this making sense? That's our purpose, is to, get, to help people so that they can take what God has for them. So that we can tell people about the wonderful grace of God. No matter what battle we're facing, no matter what we're going through, no matter how hard or how difficult or how easy or how good, we're still telling people about the wonderful grace of God. We're helping them to inherit that all God has for them. Because God wants them to live a life of joy and peace and contentment. God wants them to have a relationship with Jesus. And we're to tell people about the wonderful grace of God. Be strong and very courageous. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. How often does distraction stop us from going where God wants us to go? God wants us to go in this direction and something happens over here. And so we start going off over in this direction and we get further away from where God wants us to go. We get caught up in these civilian affairs. We go in places where God doesn't want us to go. But he wants you and me, no matter what battle we face, what does he want us to do? He wants us to tell other people about the wonderful grace of God, no matter what battle we're facing. As followers of Jesus, let me give you a news flash this morning. Can I give a news flash this morning? Is that all right? News flash. Ready? Lani, you ready? Love those earrings. They're very sparkly. As followers of Jesus, we're all called to lead people to Christ. Noreen, you're called to lead people to Christ. Tori, your purpose, your calling. To lead people to Christ is to tell them about the wonderful grace of God. Cal, you too, brother, blood brother. We're called to lead people to Christ, no matter which battle we may find ourselves in. If we could have the musicians up, please. You know, quite often our best opportunity to lead people to Christ is presented when we're going through difficult and hard seasons. 
when they see our faith is in action, no matter the size or the depth of the battle that we may be facing. My purpose is greater than my battle. Let's just turn to your neighbor once more and say that. My purpose is greater than my battle. I'm here to lead people to Christ no matter what battle I am facing. We're here for the purpose. We're here for a purpose. And that purpose is to tell others the good news about the wonderful grace of God through not just our words but our actions, no matter what the battle we're facing may look like. As with any war, victory rests with those who lead and those who fight. Church, are you up for the fight? Church, are you up for the fight? Come on. We're Pentecostal believers here. We, we can say, amen. Hey, Mark. Amen. We, it's okay to shout out and say, yes. So when I ask you a question and I say to you, are you with me? Do you want to be a soldier for Christ? Your answer is? Amen. Are you up for the fight? Will you stand with me? Thank you, sister. In helping other people know Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.